a jingle, but we don't do it anymore. You know what? Because we just go straight in. That's it. Who has time when portals, the Lord's just been down on so much, you know, in one sitting, you know, you don't have time to waste. The Holy Spirit speaking like now and like five minutes ago. So hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. Good evening. <laughs> Hi. You are now listening to Portals. We've had better days in our portals jingles, but Pastor Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, guys. Your voice was amazing on our portals jingle just then. Pastor Tony Cassis. Hi, everyone. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hello. <laughs> the Jason Hunt. Who has just joined us? Oh yes, hi Jason. Yes, we so don't often have him, so it's nice to say hi. Hi, Jace. It's also a day for Australia. Um, it's Jen Kim's birthday here, and it's also Cammy's birthday in Australia. Oh, happy oh. birthday, oh. Cammy! Get a If this is your first time joining us, no episode is the same. So welcome. Um, as we have already introduced ourselves to you, we are also on our live Facebook page at the moment. So make sure you follow us on that to plug in with us and have a conversation with us live where you can ask questions and just tune in and just fellowship while you're watching portals. I mean, what other way you can spend such a magnificent hot night then watch portals with friends and family. <laughs> Without further ado, Pastor Tony usually, I don't want to say always, kicks us off with a little recap from Sunday's sermon. But you're particularly talking about the morning service, am I correct? Um, I think both of them were pretty good. Yep. Go for I it. Mean, Kick it off. Even if I do so myself, but <laughs> I, I particularly felt and um, a need to share with the Sunday Saints a message about um, those who cause divisions among us, mm. avoiding those who cause divisions. Uh, but that was on the back of Romans chapter 16. I, I spent the morning reading Romans 16, and it's a, it's a beautiful list of all of Paul's close friends and associates that he's, he's addressing in Rome, and almost half of that list are women. You know, Phoebe and all of this other, you know, all of his other friends. And my, my point in the morning service was that Paul just spends this entire chapter almost thanking his friends and telling, you know, the Romans, uh, the Roman saints to greet all these people that have stood with him through thick and thin, some of them went to jail with him, some of them were persecuted with him. And then in verse 17, just out of nowhere, he, after he finishes thanking all of these faithful and loyal saints, he says, mark those among you who cause divisions and controversies that profit nothing and have no fellowship with them. It's a pretty strong word. And so um, 
it really takes going through trials with friends and and close associates that brings this bond that Paul really found security in. And he didn't want that bond broken by divisiveness. So that was what I shared in the morning service. But also I shared in the morning, Pastor, and this is what you wanted me to mention, since the Industrial Revolution, um, time has begun to speed up. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean literally. What we can do in the same amount of time is now quicker. So from the Industrial Revolution forward, beginning with things like the steam engine, or even before that, the printing press, then, you know, radio, the electric light bulb, electricity, uh, refrigeration, um, the automobile, you know, tra planes, trains and automobiles, all of these inventions and all of these, you know, comforts that have come into our standard of living, they're all divinely um, designed and divinely inspired to bring about a shorter time required to get the same result. And I was just saying, like, you know, in the, in the time of Paul and the apostles and even right up to around about 16, 1700, to, to go from Jerusalem to, say, England would take you months. Yeah. Now it's a matter of hours, you know. From Sydney to, uh, to New York is a 22-hour trip. Uh, days gone by would have taken you months. And so why? why? Why is all of these inventions so important? As I mentioned to the morning service, um, history serves Jesus, not the other way around. Mm. And because we're coming to the end of days, it's not the end day, but we're, we're coming to the end of days, the scripture says that God's going to cut short the work in righteousness. Mm. So what took a year takes a month. What takes a month takes a week. Come on. What takes a week takes a day. Just the fact that you can, you can have your entire library of books in your phone. Right. Save space and time. And so all that's designed for the gospel. The internet is for the gospel. Um, transportation, you know, like um, uh, uh, supersonic transportation for the gospel. So I don't think there's any continent in the world right now or any tribe that hasn't heard the gospel. Mm. No, this is amazing. We were in the middle of the Judean desert you know, many years ago, so it must be even more sort of accessible now. And right there in the middle of the desert, we, we saw a Toyota Hilux truck parked outside mm -hmm. a Bedouin tent. Yeah. Mm. And this Bedouin would herd sheep but he had a 30-foot antenna and he was tuned in to CNN. Oh, wow. But he was watching soccer wow. in the middle of nowhere. It was incredible. We'll forgive him for CNN. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, that was in the morning and then in the evening, because the Lord was doing so much with the miracles, and boy, you know, we, we appreciated that, all I shared with the evening service was out of um, 2 Samuel 23, Verse 11 and 12, young man by the name of Sharma. Oh, yeah. Sharma was under attack by the Philistines. His fellow Israelites fled. And the scripture says he stood his ground in the middle of a lentil field. 
and his lentil field, his field of beans, mm. became in reality a field of destiny for him mm. because he struck down many Philistines and he stood his ground and God gave him a great victory. And so especially I mentioned to the saints in Sydney, that word was especially appropriate for you guys. All the Lord was asking us to do is to stand. Just make a stand and maintain your stand. And you will become a hero like Sharma because God will do the rest. And so that's what I shared in the morning and the evening service. And, um, and then I'll add on because we're going into a deeper part of that word. Um, if you don't stand, then God will use extremes to make you stand. That's what we're talking about tonight. Extremes. So we're talking about tonight, to go off the back of Pastor Tony's word, when you don't heed an initial warning from the Lord and you don't listen to his voice, he has this way of using something called an extreme to get your attention. Mm. And so what Pastor Tony is saying is really important because the Lord told us from his spirit on Sunday night, only stand for your field of beans and find out what that field of beans is. So he's giving us the opportunity to not have to hear him through an extreme mm. using of a circumstance with an extreme. But at the moment, there are some people that, um, for whatever reason, are not hearing God's voice. And so he will use life's extremes to get their attention because... Um, we see that biblically with Abraham. Mm -hmm. He used the extreme of, you know, Abimelech and the Pharaoh with his wife to get mm -hmm. the attention saying, you know, you can't do this, Abraham. You know, you can't be a liar. But I want I don't want to pull away from Pastor Tony, but I want to tie how that's going to tie in tonight because that's the preface of what the Lord is saying to us. Yeah. Stand, otherwise there will be an extreme. You know, mm. and that's really important for us to understand, especially in what we're living right now in the environment that we're in. With so many extremes yeah. being presented. So I know Pastor Robin wants to talk on that more. I think um, also the extremes are tied up with not listening to God's will. Mm. Um, we think we just have uh, a liberty or even a license not to listen to God's will until we feel like it. Oh. You know, um, well, I don't feel like it, you know. I feel like being hurt. I feel like being this. I feel like being that. The Lord says, uh, you know, if you don't come through this, it's going to have to be put in the corner there and you'll have to come out fighting. Because the extremes that... We, we need to talk about our extremes of even, say, uh, the Jews. The Jews literally had to be put into a corner, pushed into a corner until they would come out and fight. And uh, today in this world, people are being pushed into the corner to come out and fight. And, uh, you know, this is the great awakening to wake up, you know. So people are being put in corners to, to uh, come out and fight. And 
that Shania is not recognised very easily because we'd rather blame the devil or anybody else, but it's God. God's saying enough, enough of this. And so, you know, and that's what he, he did with the children of Israel. He put them in Egypt. That was an extreme. How many years were they in Egypt? That's right. And why were they there for that amount of time? Well, there's many reasons, but uh, initially the Lord grew them up as a nation, even under really adverse circumstances. They went in as 70 and they came out at nearly 2 million. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning it wasn't, uh, it wasn't bad, it was very good. It wasn't until Joseph and that generation died that um, you know, a, a uh, pharaoh put them under slave, slave labour. But the scripture says they multiplied faster when they were under pressure. Yeah, but, but, he, but he put them there. You see, is it, was it God's will to put them there? Um, hard to say because he, he told Abraham that his children would be oppressed for 400 years and then he would deliver them. But that wasn't just for something for God to do. There was a purpose why they were oppressed. That's what we need to bring out. One of the prophets says that Egypt was a furnace that prepared them to become a nation. Is that what you're you're sort of pointing to? They didn't listen to him. I think also if you take what the Lord was doing... Like you said, it was a furnace and he used Egypt to multiply them, but they overstayed their stay. If they forgot that Egypt wasn't their permanent home. Exactly. You know, and they forgot that, hang on, I'm not meant to be here. There's another, I'm meant to be going after my promised land, you know, which is what the promise was given to Abraham, you know, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they, they looked and they said, oh, well, Egypt looks like it flows with milk and honey. Because it's good. Because, I mean, we've seen some documentaries where, you know, the ge- geography of where they were living and how they had their own, like, you know, quarter at the beginning and Joseph had set them up and they had good land, they had good pasture, they had good crops. So it was very good. But that's this is what we're talking about. When you don't start to remember the word of the Lord and you fall into comfortability and you form into mm, not listening to... See, I'm learning this in my counselling. God gives you increments of his voice along the way. And if you don't listen to the increments, then he speaks in an extreme quite loudly because you haven't gone on listening in the increments. So I believe that the children of Israel, they were meant to be there for a time to become a nation and then they, would have, they should have moved out and you know pressed on to where they were originally called. But they got comfortable. But we, we often think that um, this is the devil doing this. This is the devil did this. The devil did it. But the devil did not do it. They were put there because of disobedience. They came under a tyrant and they had to stay for a certain time and learn and come out of it. But there wasn't the devil doing it. And this is where we get so caught up sometimes, Pastor, thinking 
It's always the devil when it looks like it's negative. But anything God does is never negative. So there was always something in it that was positive. But it's in, go ahead. It's important that we come to the fact that we see that uh, extremes behavior, extreme behavior. Uh, yeah, when we have extreme behavior, God gives us a chance and he speaks quite frequently into it until we won't listen. And then he allows that extreme behavior to put us, we, to put us in a corner. Or, you know, and when I say in a corner, I mean when you're in a corner, there's some corners in this room. Just imagine if you were put in a, a real corner like that, there's very, not very far you can go. Right? Right. You have to come out to go yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You, do you understand? Mm -hmm. So you can't go through the back way. You can't go through the sideways. A lot of Christians go in back doors Ooh. and sideways. Never come through the front door. And so God says, right. You know, like you would with a child who's naughty. Corner for you. <laughs> Sit in the corner wow. and have a thing. But then what are you supposed to do while you're in that corner? Reevaluate and then come out and do what he wants you to do and fight. That's what it's about. Yeah. But we don't recognize it. We see it as, oh, the devil's doing this to oh me. Oh, the devil's doing that to me. That's true. You know, That's and true. it's like, you know, I'm rebuke you, devil. I rebuke you, enemy, you know, and. And it's the Lord <laughs> virtually saying, why are you rebuking the devil when I'm the one allowing it? Mm, you know what? We're going to take a quick break on that note because I got a feeling people need to strap on in, strap into your seatbelt because we're going for a ride. We'll be right back. Yeah, we were just kind of expounding on this principle of extremes. And we just want you, Dr. Robin, to kick off. You said the Lord was just dropping something into you. And yeah. we'll catch our Actually, audience up later. I dropped a couple of things. I'll just get this first one out. And um, just as you were talking, the Lord was speaking to me about being in a corner is dangerous when you think God is waiting for you. Okay, that's taking a minute to land. Say it one more time. Say it one more time for us. You see what I'm saying? Very dangerous being in a corner when you think God is waiting for you mm. before he'll move. Oh, my gosh. He will not. See, the Lord is not waiting for you to decide to come out. You've got a time to come out. 
And if you don't come out, then let me just say you will come out. One way or another, you will come out. So don't ever think God is waiting for you to move. He's waiting for you to see him move. Him move. The emphasis is on him. So we think that God's just waiting for me. He's waiting around till I'm ready, till I'm ready. When no. I choose to change. No. Oh, my no. gosh. No. When I choose no. to embrace Oh, my change. gosh. No. It's not going to happen that way. No. It's never going to happen that way. When I choose to stop being, let me go there, stop being offended. When I choose to stop falling into sin, when I choose to stop being angry, then I can tell the Lord, ah, I'm ready. Ah, there's one. Now I'm ready, Lord. Please, would you ever think that was a way? Who are you serving if you even think that? That's a two-dollar God. They're going crazy in the back. Oh my gosh! I think John left to park the the MTA trains since so he has no car. We're saying, I think, because I'm trying to grasp this, God will allow a time for you to participate. Get in that corner. And Get then, if you out. don't do it in His He'll timing. He takes the initiative. Do you remember a statement was made by a pastor, uh, um, Ken Mackey? He made a statement. He said, yeah, you'll do it God's way. Or what was it he said? You can do it God's way or do it God's way with With pain. pain. (laughs) But you'll do it. But you'll do it God's way. And this is what happened with Israel in Egypt. Here this we is what go. happened with Jacob and Rebekah. They manipulated Esau, right? And then Jacob, for the rest of his life, was always manipulated. And so um, when, when David became king, um, he fell into the comfortable life. Solomon, again. Um, in fact, all of biblical history, there are... Even during the time of the judges, when they wouldn't go in and take the land, God allowed oppression so that they would cry out to him and they would um, begin to fulfill his, his word. Yeah. And it's sad to say because we are creatures of comfort, we often don't want to walk into that, you know, that life of challenge and overcoming unless we are forced to. And let me say, here's another word the Lord gave me. He's just downloading a couple of things to me. And uh, we're talking about the corner again. And I want to talk about the corner, being put into a corner, pushed into a corner. Let me say this to you. When you come out, what is God requiring of you? To be what you were? Or to be what he wants you to be. And that second one is what he requires of you. But here's the punchline. We're not going to ever be the ones singing our way through the gates, opening up the gates anymore. 
The gates, my brothers and sisters of the city, are open. Now follows after the gates the army. The army. You can't sing your way through anymore. You can't. The praises have gone in. They've opened the gates and now the army comes in. And you see, you're in a corner and you're deciding, am I going to be a part of the army? You'll be a part of the army one way or another. And this, I have to say this, because this is not the time of the singers. And yet, my, oh, my, we want to sing our way through the gates. And I love singing, and my, my son's a great singer, but he's also a great warrior. And he sings about fighting. All your songs should start to turn now and they should head in the way that the Spirit is leading, warfare, fighting the good fight. But we're still in the move behind, Pastor. And so God has had to allow extremes in our lives and we've had some pretty heavy extremes. Australia's going through major extremes, but I'm going to say to you, Australia, what's God requiring of you? To sit there and cry or to start to fight? Whatever way he chooses for you to fight, you need to fight. If it's fighting in prayer... If it's fighting whatever, you find out. But don't sit there and sing. And think that's going to do any good anymore. I remember in Shut Down With Us, the Lord confronted our family and said, right, you're all caught up in a four-bedroom apartment with five adults. Let's work on some relationships. And seriously, because we had to see that the Lord was using it. And he started to chip away some fat at our relationships, the way we were looking and at each other, conversing with each other, treating each other, you know. So there's always something going on. But Pastor, you said something important that I want to address about praise. Mm. Praise creates a throne of God, right? Yeah. He is enthroned on the praises of his... Now, we get that little cute Disney picture. Oh, yeah, he's enthroned. <laughs> but if he's enthroned, that means that he's the king in the king's domain. And I just studied this about the high praises of God, when the praises bring the throne of God, all the resources of God come. Yes. So you don't get a chance to tell him whether or not you choose the resources anymore because your praise has built an altar and a throne for him to sit on. But now it's not your cool Christian thing, I'll, I'll, I'll take it or leave it. Those resources are going to come into your life, not just the blessings, but the resources of conviction, the resources of change. They're all coming from heaven because you've enthroned him. He's made his place, his abode on your praise. He doesn't just come and sit and then all of his characteristics stay at home. He brings all of him when he sits on your praise. So people singing these songs don't understand that they're actually invoking a challenge from the Lord Almighty to come and sit in their life and dry up all their resources so that only kingdom resources can be in use. But this is what we do as the church. We use this therapy model of worship. 
See, I, I heard the before. Lord really say, you know, uh, we, we talk a lot about uh, the wall of Jericho, the walls of Jericho, and, and how it all um, was and such like that. And and here's the key. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, they, they go in silent, then they shout, and then they fight. They don't keep shouting. They fight. You see, so that you've got to move to the next step. You can't stay at the same place. You've got to move into the next position. And so when they fight, they go in. And we know the story. We know that there were two walls. There was an inner wall and an outer wall in, in the walls of Jerusalem. And the walls inside possibly had this, well, they did. They had they skeletons did. of babies yeah. that had been sacrificed because that was one foundation of the sacrifices. big. Yep. So the foundations of that inner wall was pretty shaky. Do you understand? So you have to, this is not something new. This is what I'm trying to say. This is not new. There are walls of Jericho that we have to bring down, but we're not going to bring them down by just maintaining, just, um, you know, making it, just keeping um, on the, the same, same way over and over again. We have to advance. We have to move now and we have to advance. Now, I'm telling you not to go and, and start something and do something evil, but God wants you to have an attitude of a warrior, a fighter, because you just will sit in that corner yep. hoping something will come along. Well, Jesus didn't wait to get the gates of hell. He took them. And then he kicked it, kicked it yeah. down. This is, this is blind faith. See, we sit in the corner. Come on, and, fight. And then we think, okay, Lord, I'll just shut my eyes and trust you and you'll take, take care of it. But I'm going to say something. God is not telling you, okay, shut your eyes and let me handle it. He's saying, get your eyes wide open and begin to see my reality as your reality because this is blind faith. And this is when the Lord will continue to talk to you in extremes. If you keep going, Lord, I'm closing my eyes and you let me know when it's okay to open my eyes. That is, and, and that's, that's Lord, beyond what am I childish going faith. To do? What am I going to do when you start to, in, you know, entertain fear and, and everything else and, and God says, I want you to talk to me and I will tell you what to do, how to feel, how to speak, what to say, what not to say. And you see, this is all conditioning for the army. This is getting – we have shocking attitudes. We just watch the world go by, watch the world go by, you know, and as long as it doesn't affect me, then I shouldn't get involved. Well, we're learning that's not true. It affects every single person, every single person. But our attitude – has got us to this place where we've allowed evil to rule and to override and there's 
just astounding the things that we learn about evil, you know. And I just look at, at the extremes that are going on in the world and how it affects our lives. And I say to myself, Lord, what lesson are you showing me in this? Where am I dropping the, the ball? Where am I dropping the ball? And that's a good thing to say. Where am I dropping it, you know? Am I, pre am I concerned enough? Am I fighting? Am I taking it to fight in the spirit rather than panicking and fearing? Come on. Again, I'm going to tell you what the Lord said. The gates are open. There's no more praising going through the gates. You see, when they went in, they always did that. They open the gates with praise and then we don't keep on singing till we go through the whole gate and walk the whole length of the, the promised land. We need to fight. So we think that singing, Pastor, is the answer. I'll sing my way through. And I love singing and I warfare singing, fighting. You know, having purpose in what we're singing and such like that, you know. And I'm really concerned about the fact that the gates are open. God has opened the gates. He's opened the gates. But what's next? The army. The army. Not the praises. The army. You see? The army. I think that praising is a lot for God and less for the devil. I really do. Pastor, what's powerful about this too is that we were talking this week about, you know, the extreme of living in emergency mode and um, how the church is now living in emergency mode. And I've been learning about epigenetics, right? And I want to share this because it pertains to what Pastor's talking about. The Lord has been telling us all along to live from the place of the heart, to live from the abiding realities, faith, hope, and love. That's God's heart, right? And I can give you, I mean, when I do my spiritual biology course, I'm going to give you statistics that will blow your mind um, how much your heart is actually more in control of your brain than, than, than what science lets us know, right? But I learned something this week about the the stress response of the body and it and it really is a reflection of how when you don't live in this abiding reality this fight or flight we do we always talk about fight or flight so what is fight or flight fight or flight is when the body the the heart pumps blood into every one of your extremities for defense extremities right meaning the arms the legs, right? Every part of your extremities that need blood because more blood makes them more active, right? But the problem with that is people that live in stress mode are continually having blood in their extremities and no blood goes back to their heart. So they don't live from the source. They don't live from this. So they're always in defense mode in life. They're never actually like leaning into resting in life. And now I... The metaphor is there because this is what we're doing when we are living in these extremes of not listening to God along the way. 
we're we're not living by our heart. So he so what we do is we we spiritually pump blood into our extremities and we think, oh, I gotta fight. I gotta fight. I gotta defend myself against the enemy. You Always know? defend. Yeah, I gotta defend. I gotta defend. But now there's no blood going back to your spiritual heart. And so you're always on defense. You're never on offense. And when you're always in defense mode, you always live in emergencies. This is really, really Very important. True. You Witness. always live in emergency miracles, emergency breakthrough, emergency warfare, emergency prayer. It's always... At the last resort, emergency, emergency, I need you, God. I need you, God. That's why he has to allow extremes to get us to look. Like this man, he came to the emergency face-to-face with the devil because he never used those nine years to live from the place of letting the Lord ride it upon his heart. So this fight or flight. Now, physically, it's really, really, really um, bad to live in fight or flight. It is. Because when you don't live in the place from living from your heart, meaning heart coherence, everything in your body gets thrown off. Yeah. Everything. And I learned, I'll just throw this fact out there. I learned that there's a gene in your RNA, your DNA, called the C4 gene. And when you become one with the argument that God is against you or you think God is judging you, there's been scientific facts that show that gene turns off. And that gene... Wow. When, it, when, it's, when it's down-regulated, meaning turned off, it actually stops your body 40% from being able to heal. Your body becomes 40, 40% less able to heal itself in any circumstance. So this is what I hear the Lord saying. When he puts you in the corner, I feel like a lot of us, we've gone, okay, Lord, I'm in the corner, okay? Yep, I don't want to look. Just let me know when it's over. I don't want to look. Let Jesus. me know when it's over. But this corner is the type of corner where the Lord says, no, I'm putting you in the corner so you stop closing your eyes and you open your eyes because when you open your eyes, now I can begin to show you how you need to get involved because if you keep closing your eyes and saying, okay, Lord, let me know when the bad part's over. You know, we do that with movies. Oh, let me know when the bad part's over. I can't look. I've got to say I I do that. I can't look. I can't look. But isn't it funny that Not when you... Not that I'm scared, I don't like it. No, but isn't it funny, though, that when you open your eyes in those moments and you are brave enough to face the fear of what you're fearing, you actually get to see how all the dots connect together in the story. But in our Christendom, yep. what we've done is we've gone, okay, Lord, yeah, my, I can't handle this, my faith, my faith. And that's what the church did for the last, what, 10 years? Sure. And then COVID hit and we were like... Call oh, God. Okay, Lord, well, what do we do next? See, I said to Pastor Robin on Sunday, this is the perfect time that the Lord is using this to test who we trust more. Oh, my and, God. And extremes so also true. bring us to the place where we start to break with the world. Yep. Because that's part of it, too. Uh, to be the army, you have to... You, when you're in the army, the army becomes your world. This is it, your reality. Becomes your reality. So you're not got one leg in one place and another in the army. You've got to have both feet nice and, you know, solid standing in the army. You can't be wavering. 
You know, you can't be homesick. You can't be. Oh, do you understand my gosh. What I'm <laughs> you, you just threw that one in there, though. You can't. You have to have both feet in that army. You know, you've got to be standing there. You and you've got to be ready homesick. to fight. Mm. You know what I mean? You do. And it's not a case of uh, just defending. When you're in an army, you're in an army to take, not just defend. Yes. And that's a key here, Pastor, a very big key. We are so busy trying to defend the little bit of land we've got. Tired of it. That we just are quite happy with that little bit of land. We're quite content with it. You see, and God says, well, if you think I'm content with it, you think wrong. Mm. So I'm going to put you in that corner, allow things to happen that will get you in that corner. And uh, you know what? When you go into a corner, by the way, you, you don't go in backwards. <laughs> okay? You actually go in and face the corner. See? So where's the room to go? I can't go forward. I can't go sideways. I can't go to this side. I've literally got to turn around and walk out. Mm. You see? And that's the whole purpose for extremes in our life that God will use to get us to stop wanting a way out but walk out. Mm. Wow. Did they just get what she just said? I don't think they did. I was about to repeat what she said before that, repeat something else, and then go to a break. But did you have something to say, Pastor Tony, before? Uh, Pastor was asking me about examples. I think Balaam is an example where God told him what to do, what to say, and because of his greed, he kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off until finally God corners him between uh, a vineyard and a wall and the donkey saw the Lord about to kill Balaam. The Lord said, I was going to kill you. Oh, wow. If it wasn't Jesus. for your donkey. <laughs> the Lord said, I was going to kill you. And so do we have to wait for the Lord to get a donkey to talk put to us? us in a corner? No. We can't avoid uh, there are plenty of donkeys Before out we there, ask, but we're hey not going to get them to doing? talk to us. And, you know, just <laughs> on the back of Nate's comments about, you know, fight or flight, today, just as a quick example, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, I do part-time work. I have, like, three or four jobs to do per day. And so I noticed lately I've been saying, Lord, I'm always under stress. I'm all, When I start the work, I'm trying to rush through it and then... Out of nowhere, the Lord said to me, as I was catching a train, I am never in a hurry to go anywhere or to do anything. And when I heard him say that, I was supposed to catch a train going the opposite (laughs) direction and I could see the train as I arrived. The train was ready to leave. I said, Lord, if you're not in a hurry to go anywhere or do anything, I want some of that. So I... Everybody was rushing to get this train. I just casually walked up the stairs. If I get it, I'll get it. If I don't. And for, for unknown reason, the train stayed there for 10 minutes. <laughs> wow. That's a rock. You'll laugh because you've done this many times. And then when I arrived at my work, 
I started and I fell into that boat again. You know, quick, 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 quick. You know, it's, it's on the clock, you know. And again, the Lord said, I'm not in a rush to go anywhere or to do anything. And Nate, seriously, just the conscious decision to slow it down and actually to rest. relax in the work. Yep. Come on. I think it's there's rest. work and then there's stressful work. I'm telling you. I think it's rest. And I think, I think you get more done and you enjoy it. So I think what the Lord is trying to you, show you us. You wrote that song, yeah. rest and you'll get yeah, the get best. Yeah, get the best. See, I, I, I'm dying to self. I'm on this at the moment because we've always looked at dying to self as dying to the, un, you know, the ungodly desires, the, the bad behaviours. But dying to self is dying to your reality of you. God wants you dead to your reality of you more and more every day. And your reality of life. And yeah, Exactly, because his reality is not your reality. And there's a quote here that I said in the start, where you focus your attention determines not only what regulates your life, meaning today where you choose to focus your attention, it began to regulate your life. Yeah. It began to put yourselves into a state of ease yeah. and remind you that fear is not in control yep. because the fear puts those cells down regulated, turns yeah. them off, yeah. right? And then it says, but also what's magnified. Now because you've, d with intention, focused on r abiding and resting, now that can be magnified, and not just in that one moment. You're going to remember that moment yeah. and you're going to apply it again and again and again and it's going to become rest, magnified. And rest is not laziness. Resting is resting from your works and allowing him to do his works through you. So you're still working, but you're just not working your works. You're doing, he's doing his works through you. Amen. To that. And again, um, you know, there are times when, you know, you're running late and you feel under stress. As long as you've done all you can to maintain, you know, your, your punctuality, then you shouldn't let that stress you out either. Like there are times when I'm like an hour late to an appointment and the Lord says to me, well, it isn't like you've wasted your time. Yes. And it isn't like you haven't put in 100%. And that's a conversation I have with the Lord. Yeah. If I've done all that I can do and say, and in our home, it's because we can never predict through children. You never predict what's going to take place. And yeah. just when you're about to walk out, something happens and Zeke's got involved in the toilet or pulled the toilet apart or something <laughs> like that. And then, but you've been moving very much in that way. And so I, I take it to the Lord and I say, Lord, I moved from the moment I got up. I haven't stopped. So I can ask you to, to move in this situation. Yeah. Because I've not been lazy. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, I'm, I'm really learning, learning how to relax back into it without, like, getting lazy. Yeah. Because of relaxing into it without getting lazy. And, and, and that's and, true trust. And that's, um, we become lazy Christians We've been lazy Christians. We want God to do all the fighting. Oh, Lord. Please tell me, before we go to break, what other circumstance could have tested if Christians are ready to listen to the Lord above listening to the government? 
Yep. What other circumstance would have tested if people are ready to listen to God's voice over medical professionals? Yep. What other circumstance would have tested if people are ready to do whatever the world says or fight against it? God yep. is God not testing. God is drawing out. He's literally vacuuming, sucking out of the church all of the remnant of those that because this is the training ground right now yep. for the mark. We're in the I said training this on Sunday ground. night. There is no other circumstance in the world. There was no other way God could have got the whole world on one page to do with right. Who do you trust more? Me or what they say? Because yeah, when the man of sin comes, yeah. they're going to be saying all this great stuff. All peace is going to be abounding. You're going to turn on Fox and they're going to be complimenting NBC. Yep. You're going to turn on NBC and they're going to be praising Fox. Yep. Everyone's going to go, ah, the world's in such a great place. And and the whole thing is that we have um, got to this point. Yep. And we've allowed ourselves to, to get to this point. We really, really have. We settled for programs over power. Yeah. We did. As the church. We thought programs would win the world. And I want to say one now thing all here. We can, all we can ask for uh, I will not allow anyone anywhere to say this is a battle between good and evil. Uh-uh. He's not battling anything. It's not a competition. Hey, if you don't know it, he already won. Wow. We're going to take a short break to let the people ponder on all those gems because I'm still stuck on one. <laughs> oh, and okay. <laughs> just, just before you go, Shania, uh. there's white hats. And there's black hats. Oh, wow. And there's red hats. Ah! <laughs> you're my the red, red hat. hat. I'll take it. The blood. The blood of We'll Jesus. be right back. Pastor's got something he wants to ask. All right, Saints, we're back and uh, we're firing on all cylinders, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Pastor has a V8 engine and it's fired nah. up. Nate, you mentioned earlier about how, you know, the Lord has used this worldwide event to really show people where they're at. That's what I said and I mean and that. And I, I was so surprised to find that there are more Christians who l listen to everything else but God through, through this whole trial, Right? They're listening to, like you said, medical, so-called professionals, government, non-informed friends and other Christians. You know what I'm saying? And then at what, what really gets to me is when they say, God wants us to do this, but they've never actually learned how to hear God. Yeah. How can you hear God when you're hearing so much? They are being conditioned because of the information they're getting on a daily basis. So that's scary. Because if you ask a person, did God say to you, do A, B, C, D, they rattle off the rhetoric that the media or others have said as God. And in, when do they go to the Bible and, and understand how God thinks and then get a revelation? Yeah. 
Okay. Scary. The church is not ready. Again, I go back to this quote. So the extremes. Remember, that we have. where mm. you focus your attention will determine not only what will regulate your life, but also what is magnified in your life. They don't focus their attention on the voice of God. They focus their attention on the facts, the media, and that's what regulates their life. That's what becomes their compass, and that is what is magnified and and reproduced in their life. And I think extremes really show us where we really Definitely. are at. Definitely. You know, and as uh, long as we get this reality, God allows extremes puts it to put us in a corner and to turn around and to come out and fight. Otherwise, uh, you know, we, we speak, we speak all the time at, as being the army. But when, it, you know, in Ezekiel 37, in the first part of it, he, says, he said that uh, to a great and mighty army stood. But you've got to do more than stand. You've got to be trained. You've got to get ready for yep. the fight. Yep. Okay. And so there's a preparation to get you to stand to become together and be the army. But then comes the discipling, the training, the discipline, yep. Yep. all that, you know, because we think, what do we think the army is, that we could just go in there and, uh, you know, just, and we do, we think that if we just go and hold our land. That's what armies do. Well, that's not true. That is not what an army does. The army does not just, st to, you know, maintain and hold the land. They go over and take the land and drive the people off the land. So they go and drive them off and take the land. So they're always moving forward. So as an army, we're to be disciplined and we're to be trained and discipled that's why we did are you a disciple or a follower because followers can't be disciples they can't you know pastor i love what you said in the previous segment and i hope our spotify audience got that when you're in the corner do you want a way out or do you want to walk out yeah because that will determine the kind of answer that you're seeking. If you want a way out, then it's, vo it's void of action. It's void of change. Mm, it's symptoms, right? We it's can have a creative solution yeah. as we walk out. But way out will always no, lead to not God a, talking. It's not a creative solution, a way out. To you in extremes. But walking out means you walk it out. You yeah. can walk out by walking it out, literally. And but God doesn't have to talk to you in extremes. It doesn't involve a creative solution. That's really important. It really doesn't yeah. because a way out is full of compromise. <laughs> yeah, and I think creative solutions rather walk us through, through. the fire, not out of the fire. Yeah. And maybe we've been praying yeah. Yeah. for too long as the church get us out of the fire and we need yeah. to change our verbiage to, yeah. Lord, take us through through the fire. this, you know, like isn't that what Jacob had happened? Yeah. Jacob avoided that showdown with God yep. all of his life. That's right. And then he wanted to get out of meeting with his brother. He yeah. literally did. 
Yeah. And the Lord basically wrestled with him all night to say, no, you're going to meet with your brother and you're going to overcome. You started this, I'll finish it. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So when he ended up seeing his brother, everything was sweet. All those fears of his brother killing him and, you know, taking vengeance on him and so none of that happened. But when you're wanting a way out, you're not overcoming. No, and it's you're believing you're greater is he that is in the world yes. than he Ooh. that is in you. Boy, because if you want a way out, you're not the the essence of that. And I'm not talking about this just this shutdown. I'm talking to people that are going through habitual behavior patterns. No, I'm talking yeah. about way through, yeah. not a way out. Yeah, habitual mm-hmm. behavior lifestyle things, and you keep doing the same thing over and over. Check yourself and ask: Are you asking for a way out mm. or a way through? Are you are you ready to walk out? Literally, are you ready to walk out of the corner, out of the chains? Out of the behavior patterns, out of the same thing that you keep doing, or do you just want to weigh out? Right. Temporary relief is what right. weigh out is. If Temporary s- relief. And if you stay in not the permanent cor- change. And if you stay in the corner, corner, you you just you're hoping it'll go away. Mm. I don't bother it. It won't bother me. Oh and, and you're in the corner because you've God's tried to get you. In corners before, and you've taken the way out. Oh my God! But there comes one particular corner where there is no way out. No oh way out. Oh my gosh! I know, I know by personal experience. <laughs> tell us, Pastor Tony, what's your experience? I have gotten out of situations. Yeah. Until mm-hmm. I got into a situation that I could not get out of. Yeah. Except God. Mm. And sometimes when you do get out of it. You wish you didn't. Yeah. Oh, wish I'd learned. We've had, we've had another quick Where testimony. Wait, can I say this? Bill Heimer says this in his book. He says every trial, believe it or not, is predestined from God. Yeah. And he's looking to see whether you become ruler and reigner. That's ra- right. Reign, or whether you become follower and victim. Yep. So in heaven, now I'm not saying the Lord's up there with a the checklist, but he's going right. Uh, didn't overcome in that one that time, so we'll have to come back to that one again in a couple of We're years. We're going to go around the mountain he again. Got a checklist. Yeah, so you you asked for a way out. You didn't get the way through. You didn't walk out of that one, son or daughter. So no check mark for that one. So you don't get a crown in heaven for that one yet. So I'll bring it back up in an extreme in another couple of months, or I'll use another person to highlight the same thing oh! or another circumstance. Yep. And this is literally again All the world to show you. I'm smiling Our because focus. this is my life. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have to be, Pastoni. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> but the whole Isn't thing there is a show called This Is Your Life? No. That's I don't know. So, it, you know, it's not always people. It's it, The world is showing us. You know, and look, what is every day they're offering you a way out? Yes. Just awesome. take that little... Little jab, that little jab, and you say it. She didn't say that. Let me say the word. Say badge, so it's that little jab. No, 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 not not jab. Say it backwards. Badge, jab. She don't care. She don't care. Just because Facebook. Say badge. Say it. Look, it's glitching now, Pastor Robin. It's glitching. (laughs) Badge. Badge. Take the badge. Take the badge. All right. Yeah, just take it and guess what? Your life can go on the way it's been. 
And anyone that believes that is believing the biggest lie. Your life will never go on the way it's been. And medically, Pastor, what this badge is doing, because it's a gene therapy, it's altering DNA, it's actually bringing all of the pre-existing... Listen to this. It's actually bringing all of the pre-existing conditions that a person has to the surface. Yep. So they're taking the badge to go back to living life the way that they were, but living life the way that they were is the reason why their health is the way it is in the first place. That's it. So they want the way out. It's a badge out of hell. <laughs> it's a badge out of hell. It's a badge, badge out of hell. hell. Good. Can I just give you another quick, Tell quick us. example slash testimony? We, we've been in, in this ongoing trial as a church with some sort of civil issues. We'll say that. Yeah. Right. We, oh, I know that one. And we had our day in court. Yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. But I went into prayer in the morning and Nate, Nate suggested, Dad, why don't you journal before you go to court? You want a way out. So I did. Oh, my, my. I wanted, <laughs> I thought, hey, what are you looking at me for? We all wanted a way out of this one. No, I wanted a way through it. Yeah, so I journaled and... I said, Lord, do you want to say anything? Like, I didn't expect him to give me, like, a revelation of the outcome. But his words were, now watch how patience has its perfect work. <laughs> he said that. I knew that he was quoting James, right? And I'm thinking, patience? Okay, it's been 18 months. I think I've been pretty patient. We'll see what happens. So it got adjourned. The case got adjourned till September the 7th. I thought I was looking for a way out, but when, he, when, when the uh, judge said, look, September 7th is when we'll make sort of like a judgment, I thought, okay, you want me to go through this, through. not out of this. Because yeah. it didn't make sense when he said to me, watch patience have its perfect work. So, mm. hallelujah. Um, <coughs> we want a good outcome, but you might have to wait until the, what was it? Not the way out. The way through. The way through. So that you can walk out. Yeah. yeah. You're going to walk out. Okay. Uh, sorry. Are we all on the same page being Well, patient? yeah, we're going to walk yeah. out. We're going to walk, walk out. Walk it out. Walk it out. I just want to say. Um, so, with that being said, because as you guys mentioned earlier, we are in a corner now. And of this course. is for We're someone that one person, they always say, well, I'm not in the corner. I'm did it is. No, we all in the corner. You're all in the corner. <laughs> so oh, I just took the badge. I'm not in the corner. You know what, Pastor Robin? That's what they say. That's what they said. Right. Uh. But for us, that's in the corner. Can you guys? But they wear a purse on their mouth. Pa Pastor Robin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you, you know she just likes to throw i feel the shake um walk us through the process we're in this corner some might be fearing panicking whatever the other circumstances faced with job loss faced with decisions can i come in on this place sure it comes down who's in control you must have a look at what you believe. 
Mm. You must. It's not a case now of choosing. I'm telling you, you must. Because if you are believing the wrong thing, then you better stay in that corner. Mm. Yeah. Is the goodness of God the tapestry of your life? Yeah. Is it the thing that weaves everything in you, about you, around you together? Because if yeah. it's not, it's he, he the master. If it's not, then you're going to stay in the corner, and the Lord won't let you come out until you he'll, either He'll bring you out. Yeah, but I I feel that Lord's showing me there's corners that we go into and. We come out the same. So he puts us back in that corner and then he talks in us to extremes. And then he's saying, right, I have to talk to you in extremes because you're not getting it. Mm-hmm. Now, will you get this? Mm-hmm. Am I God or am I not? Here it is. Who am I? Yeah. That's the key here. Stop going into the corner to find out who you are and start finding out who God is. You've got to find out who he is. Because I think our whole focus has been, and it's very much in the you know commercial Christian world, it's all about who we are in Christ. And there is a place for that. But there, as with the Spirit, the seasons of everything, I think it's time for the Lord to start showing us more who he is in us. Because then when we see who he is in us, then we can love people that we don't want to love. Right. Then we can yeah. fight for people that we don't want to fight for. Right. Then we can lay down our life for people that we don't want to lay down our life for. Then mm-hmm. we can stand against sin in our lives and habitual behavior patterns because we say, no, 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 this isn't who I am. This isn't my reality. Mm. He and, is and my then, reality. And then we can put down the devil. Then we can truly put down the devil because at the moment too many are looking in that corner at this is a battle. It's not a battle. Mm. It's not a battle. It might be a battle for you, but yeah. it is not a battle for God. Right. And Pastor, again, just to tie this up, this is the true test that Joseph came through. See, when he was confronted with the way out option and he says in his, his confession is, no, 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 no. Interpretation belongs to God, not to me. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's about who God is to you, Pharaoh, not who I am. Mm. I'm not the key. And that was literally what walked him out of prison. Who God was wow. to the Pharaoh, not who Joseph was. Because he didn't was. go in there promoting himself. Because nope. no. he, he, he must have thought, if I do a good impression on Pharaoh, I'm out of that jail. But this is the key. Who God is to your work will bring the creative solution, not who you are. You know, can you say that again? Who Anybody God who needs is, to listen to that. For anyone struggling with this, facing a, a you know a, an impossible situation, who God is to your company, and yeah, who you who let you God are. be to your company, not who you are, because you've got God. It's who God is. It's God's journey, and you're on it. It's not your journey, and you're taking God for the ride. It's God's story, and you're just a vessel. See, this and, is the and, abiding and it, reality we forget. Yeah. And, and we really have to get down to seeing who God is was the one that opened the door and who God is is the one who will close the door. No one else can close the door for you. They're bluffing you. Who God is. If God says no, then it's no. If God says wait, then it's wait. 
If God says go, it's go. You've got to get in that corner and have a think and then come out and fight and get in rank for the army. See, Abraham got this, who God was. That's why he was able to lay down his own son on the altar. Because the apostles say that he believed God enough who God said he was to raise his own son from the dead. Yeah. So this is the key. I, I know a lot of our people are facing situations. I feel from the Holy Spirit to tell you this. It's who God is. Stop saying who you are in God Whoa. and start declaring oh. who and God is. And please stop saying who the devil is. Please stop it. It makes me want to scream. All these Christians on YouTube. Oh, it's a fight between good and evil. No! Read the back of the book. He won. Ooh, oh, my God. He won. You know. Can I get that on a T-shirt? Read the back of the, the book. book. He, he won. won. Yeah, I'll get one of those T-shirts. Yes. I think. Uh, John, Next you have been commissioned. John, Next I'm week. One. Next week. Read the back of the book. He won. I like that. Can, yeah, I, can we get, get that one. for real with a little graphic? Like a, but a it's cool the girl. truth. And you have to Revelation. go into those corners <laughs> through your silly extremes to find out who won. Yeah. Oh my you God. should it's, already know who won. It's seen over and over again. Joshua, it was who God was. I said yeah. this to someone this week. When Joshua went before the Lord and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, it, it never occurred to me, but again in my study, they were pointing out Joshua was so used to Moses going. This was the first time that he had gone. This was the first time. That's why he said, who are you for? Us or them? He didn't recognize the God. But once he found out who God was, he knew... That he had the victory. Yeah. See, this is the key. Joseph, it's not up to me, Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Interpretation belongs to God. God. You think I'm a key? I'm no key. Yeah. I've got nothing for you. Right. Daniel, the same thing. Same confession. Shadrach, Meshach, all the same. It's who God is. And that's why God put them in the corner to show who God was to those unbelieving people. And and this is one of my biggest statements to my grandchildren is... Let's see God be God. Guys, we're going to take a break unless you have a prophetic. I'm going to find out because it was not as dynamic as we usually are, but it was dynamic. (laughs) Just let me know if you liked what you've been listening to. Yes. Come on. Pastor, how could you say that? <laughs> She's so nonchalant about that. I know. Sometimes <laughs> I know. I super dynamic. Sometimes I, it you knock, can take. knocks me off my feet. Yeah. Other Sometimes times I not. sit back in the chair. You're standing, you see. This is why you're standing. That's it. She's standing. I'm still trying to get over that Joseph thing. There's That's a lot. I'm still trying to get over past Tony. I'm oh with, right God. with you. I'm here. He had no, to risk so going good. back to jail. Yep. He had to risk uh. going back to jail yep. by taking matters into his own hands. Yep. He still had to trust God and say, well, if, it, if I go back to jail, 
all glory to God. I'm not going to take the glory. He had to risk death. Yes. Not going back to jail. <sighs> if the Pharaoh didn't like what he said, he could have killed He him. would have chopped his head off. Yep. Facts. So the outcome mm. was in God's hands. It's See? always in God's the hands. The outcome, Joseph had no idea that Pharaoh would turn around and say, I'm going to make you prime minister of all Egypt. Because he asked everybody the question, who can lead us except this man in whom the spirit of the holy gods, he uses plural, is in? Oh, my God. See, when you come and say that the outcome, well, it's in, it's in God's hands. It's always in God, and it always has been in yeah, but God. But we fool ourselves into thinking it's that, in our but hands. This, this is where we have to come back, and we have to look at Scripture, and we have to start believing Scripture when Scripture says to us that the steps of a good man are ordered. They're not our steps, they're his steps. And he orders them, and we walk in his steps. Guys, can I say, we don't walk in our steps. The good man is in us, and he walks in those steps, and we walk in him. In him. There's a scripture in, in Psalms that says, steps. your footprints have gone before me as the pathway. And I always get the visual, you know, sometimes we believe that we take a step and then the Lord takes another step. But there's a whole line of footprints. And all God wants us to do every day is just align our foot into his footprint and go, right, I've already done this one for you, right, but line it, up here, but it's line all, up there. But it's even deeper yeah. than that. It's that good man lives in us. Yeah. No one is good but who? God. Okay, there it is. None is good but God. So if God says, if so Scripture says that the steps of a good man, are, right, are ordered by the Lord, then you got to know the good man in so it me orders his steps and I work with him as he we walk it in that step after step after step and we don't just go one step then we get a bit of light and then the next step and we get a bit of light we start to walk in that step because i'm walking in him it's his ability me being available for that ability to walk in his steps can i just say one thing i feel for the and before we finish for the young men listening in our church especially that are struggling with addictive behaviour, compulsive addictive behaviour patterns, this is your key. Yep. Stop telling the enemy who you are in the moments of temptation. Stop telling the enemy what's inside of you in the moments of temptation. Satan can attack you, but he can't attack who God is in you. Start asking in that moment, right in that moment, Lord, show me right now who you are in me. And please, to add to that. And you'll be enabled by the Holy Spirit to stop overcome. Stop telling the devil who he is. Got to stop that. You talk more to the devil yep. than you're talking to God. You put an ear trumpet.
down right under your feet so you can hear what the devil's saying. This is it. I just got a visual of that. That's sad. Did you get a visual? I did. You it haven't done it, have you? <laughs> it doesn't look quite. It looks pretty ridiculous. Okay. You have any last No, I think that please realize extremes are a work of God mm. to bring you to a place and he will put you in a corner and you got to turn around and you got to walk out mm. so you can walk through. Well, guys, I also, for first of all, I just want to thank you guys for such um, making yourselves available, you see, <laughs> to just minister the Holy Spirit's words and truth to settle into our hearts. And one thing the Lord has been showing me personally is that he's getting to the very foundations at which we believe in, and that means believing in him. So, guys, we just encourage you tonight to just search out those foundations that what you believe in. What do you place your belief system? And if it's anything but the character of God, you're doing yourself a disservice. And if you're going to be looking for extremes to be a way out, change your thinking. Amen. Change your thinking. You need a way through. You don't need a way out. And with that being said, guys, you have now listened to Until next time, bye-bye now.